What's up, guys? You're here for the first edition to of the new edition of Birds on the Black platform, Nerds on the Black. I'm Zach Gifford from birdsontheblack.com. Uh, today, I'll be joined by Brendan Schaefer. We'll kind of let get this started. We'll kick off with some spring talk. Um, we'll you know talk about the outfield competition. We'll talk about the starting rotation competition. Um, and like I said, but we're uh, we're gonna bring Brendan Schaefer on in a little bit. Uh, you know he he was down in Florida. He's got some insight from that. Uh, we'll talk about you know talk about the pitchers. We'll talk about the outfield. We'll see where it goes. Um, hopefully you're not expecting this to be a pad. I'm not drinking. I have a cup of water. Not not to disappoint you, but uh, definitely not gonna be a pad here. But uh, we'll get started. Um, as you uh, can probably tell, we've been leading up to this with some Taylor Swift references. And there's no better way to kick off this podcast than with a little bit of Taylor. Typical Tuesday night is when we are going to be doing the birds, the nerds on the black periscope. It'll be available on Wednesdays um, with that. Uh, It's not a Taylor Swift podcast. We won't make it a Taylor Swift podcast, uh, but we'll go from there. So the nerds on the black is going to be, uh, it, you know, me, we're going to have different guests each week. We're going to talk about, you know, different things. St. Louis Cardinals, we could talk a little bit about general baseball. We're going to try to avoid too much of that. Um, you know, the people listening to this, people reading the site are mostly mostly going to be Cardinals. So, um, you know, this is kind of Cardinals gifts brainchild to kind of get, you know, get me involved a little bit more again. Um, I, I love doing this with you guys, so we'll, we'll go from here. Uh, we'll go through the rotation competition, uh, when Brendan joins, we'll talk about uh, Jairo Munoz, we'll talk about the outfield, we'll talk about the pitchers, um, and I think, you know, I'll talk a little bit at length about that, you know, so we can kind of get started. Do you guys have any questions? We can kick it off. Um, let's go from there. So, uh, without, you know, starting, I think for me, I want to start with the outfield competition. I think we're looking a little bit at, uh, you know, there's probably seven guys competing for a spot, right? Uh, I think... You know, we're looking at, at least for me, it's between probably Tyler O'Neill. Oh, yeah, the flag. Cardinals Gifts is amazing. He designed this logo. There's a bunch of Easter egg references in, in it um, that probably only I know and only he knows because of me. Um, but, yeah, he's incredible. He shipped this, like, overnight. It, it was great. We, we set this up over the weekend. He did awesome. Um, came in about, you know, just today, right before right before the show starts. So it was working great. Um the outfield competition, I think, you know, there's probably seven guys realistically competing for spots. I think we can kind of narrow that down to five. You have Dexter Fowler, the incumbent in right. Harrison Bader, the incumbent in center. Um, left field is going to be probably between Tyler O'Neill, um, Lane Thomas, uh, and Dylan Carlson, who, you know, everybody, everybody loves Dylan Carlson. He's broke out a ton in a big way this spring. Uh, for me, I probably want to start talking about Tyler O'Neill. Um, I had an article idea a couple weeks ago. I was cooking with gifts for a little while, and then I just couldn't kind of get form enough of an opinion to like be worth writing about. But one of the things I wanted to look at is like how much of a precedent is there for O'Neill, um, the way he like, swings and misses. Like how much of a precedent for that is there in you know among you know fellow major leaguers, and then is it something that he only like didn't really do in the minors, or is it something that you know? Um, you know, we could expect him to grow out of. Uh, so I went back, I looked at his, um, you know, what he, I, I guess starting with his major league numbers. So over the last two years when he's, um, there's been 450 players, 454 guys who 
who have played as much as him, um, at least like, you know, I think 300, 400 plate appearances, he, his contact percent, so when he swings, um, how often does he hit the ball is 58%, which is the second worst out of that 454. Um, and then his swinging strike rate, which is just when you throw him a pitch, like what's the chance that, um, you know, he swings and misses, that's at 21%. So, and that's also second worst. So he is literally at the bottom in terms of like being able to hit the ball at all. Um, in contact percent, the only guy worse than him is Keon Broxton. Um, Joey Gallo, noted whiffer, is two and a, like a two and a half percent better, which isn't a lot, so you know, crazy low. Uh, and then in like just whiff percentage, so just you know, when you throw him a pitch, what's the chance he whiffs? The only one worse is Jorge Alfaro, uh, and like those names shouldn't like scare the shit out of you because you know Joey Gallo is 40% better than the average hitter this year Jorge Alfaro is a catcher and he was almost league average which is you know, pretty good if, if Tyler O'Neill ends up being a league average hitter with a lot of power that strikes out a lot you know you don't hate that as an outfielder that can play defense um, so it's like what, striking out that much really isn't it, it doesn't seem like it's that prohibitive to him playing I mean even striking out three out of four you know, three out of four out of ten times, Joey Gallo and Jorge Alfaro do, like, pretty well for themselves at the plate. Um, then I was looking down at the minor leagues to kind of see, like, you know, I think one of the things Kyle talks about all the time is he he thinks that as, you know, O'Neill plays more, um, his ability to make consistent contact improves. So just, like, kind of get it, gets him in the rhythm. Um, it, just one of those things, consistent playing time can be a big big benefit for a lot of people it makes sense that maybe for guys who seem to be streaky for that have issues hitting the ball like maybe that's a you know maybe that's something that works for him uh and so i looked at all of the, these minor league seasons uh, in 2016 through 2019 when o'neill's been in the minor leagues he's his swing strike rate so that whiff rate that's at 21 percent in the majors is between 14 and a half and 17 percent in the minors which is bad um since 2000, uh, since 2011, there's only been, there's been, you know, like thousands of minor leaguers. I, I think it was like qualified seasons that I found were like 350 or 3,500. There are only 136 guys who had a worse whip percentage in the minor leagues than Tyler O'Neill. 136 guys in the entire minor leagues. There's 3,500 guys down there, uh, which is crazy. And of that 136, only 40 of them have any major league experience at all. So most of them don't even make a roster. And then the number who produced at least like one war, so like means that did they get up and can they do anything? There's only 10 guys who produced at least one war. Uh, if you want to look at it a different way, guys who like make 600 or more plate appearances, um, you know, teams only give them a chance. There's only 11. Tyler O'Neill's at 250. He doesn't make that cutoff. Um, he did make the war cutoff. But you know, we're only talking about 10 or 11 guys that with like him that have like made it in the last 10 years. I mean, it's just unprecedented how much, how like little contact he's able to make, and he makes loud contact when he does. Overall, he doesn't. He didn't strike out a ton in these minor league years. Um, but you know, I mean, like a, a strikeout rate of twenty five percent in the minor league isn't that bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that you just it's it's kind of crazy um, to look at it that way. And the out so the average. Um, like total amount of playing time these guys got was about three seasons worth of plate appearances. Um, you're looking at guys like Alvaro Garcia, um, Jan Gomez. Uh, there's a few others in here that you know Javi Baez, Joey Gallo, 
Like, it's not an end-all, be-all. Like, there are guys who whiff a lot, uh, but you have to do damage when you make contact. Uh, and so far, you know, he hasn't really done that. Hopefully he can in the future. He definitely did in the minor leagues. But there's a difference between taking advantage of pitchers who just aren't as good as you, even if you can, like, barely hit them, um, and, like, in, in hitting good pitching. So with that, I think we're going to try to bring on Brendan Schaefer. So bear with me for a second while we do this. This is not quite a live test, but it's pretty close. Um, let's see. All right, Brendan should be coming on. And again, there's only one way to welcome somebody to the Nerds on the Black podcast. It's been a while, Brendan. Can you hear me? Hey. I wasn't supposed to sing, was I? No, you're not. I don't think anybody wants to hear that. Um, I don't think everyone wants to sing. Ouch. I I don't know that people want to hear me talk. There's a few people in here. Most of them are probably my relatives. Maybe there's some of yours. Um, Who really knows? But uh, thanks for joining me, Brendan. uh, You know, back. Brendan was one of the guys that really helped me get started on this path. uh, Back in probably, what was it, 2017, we ran, we did a summer with the Intrepid STL, right? That sounds right. Yeah, I haven't heard that word in a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we ran that for a little bit. We kind of went our separate ways. Um, you know, I started doing this uh, Birds on the Black with Cardinals Gifts. Uh, we started that site, I think, end of the 2017 season. It's kind of in and out of writing for a while. You were kind of in and out of Missouri for a while. Uh, <laughs> That's back. fair. That's fair. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You're back, uh, and it's an honor to have you, uh, you know, help kick this off. So I think, um, you know, we'll see if questions come in. So far, I'm doing a terrible job of even seeing them. Uh, we'll maybe get better as we go, but maybe not. I think to start out, you know, we, we you said you were down in spring uh, for a little bit, correct? Down at- yeah, I was down there for about three weeks. I got back March 4th, and I was there from like the day after uh, pitchers and catchers reported. So pretty good, pretty good stint this year. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I've never been down there. Um, I, was, I was down in Florida this week, did not go to any spring training games. It's one of those things that it looks like it's amazing to do. It looks like you get, I mean, you especially get incredible access. Um, you know, it, it, it's such a, it's probably such a cool situation to see those guys in. Um, I think, you know, we talked a little before. Uh, we'll probably talk about, I think we can talk about the outfield competition. I think, you know, we can get into some other things. Um, but, you know, I think um, from your perspective, kind of looking at the five or seven or eight guys uh, that you think kind of have a lead in for the spot, if you wanted to rank those kind of, I don't know, one to five maybe is like kind of a reasonable list. Um, where, where are you kind of at at this point in the year? Okay, so I look at it this way. At least as far as opening day is concerned, you're going to see Bader in center and Dex in right field. Yep. I don't think that's going to change. And so I'll I'll talk strictly in terms of the other guys. Now, some of them may get to play at multiple positions. If Fowler starts to struggle, you could see, you know, more spots open up. That's certainly a possibility. Right now, though, I think Tyler O'Neill has done everything, you know, that the Cardinals have asked of him to have a chance come the start of the year. I don't know if that means specifically opening day in Cincinnati, but I think he's going to have a chance to, to get some significant playing time in that outfield. Yeah, And, you know, so he'd be number one for me. Dylan Carlson certainly working his way up the board, but I don't know that he's past Lane Thomas because Lane Thomas, you know, if you talk about the service time ladder was kind of a a rung above Dylan Carlson. And so, you know, you look at Lane Thomas's spring, he's had a pretty good spring too. So would the Cardinals 
bump Lane Thomas back to the minors. You know, Tommy Edmond fits into that too, but it's kind of hard to classify where exactly he stands because he's going to play. It's just going to be a little bit of everywhere. So I think those are like the three main guys right now with, you know, Justin Williams, talk, talk to me in June, you know, guys like that, you might take a little bit longer. Uh, even Austin Dean has had a nice spring, but he's going to be more a fill in when the Cardinals need one. But when Carlson gets here, it's going to be for good. I, I just don't know unless an injury happens, is that going to be right away? It's still, I think a little yeah. bit premature to say. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you actually took this a little different, a different way than, um, you know, I kind of expected you to do. Cause I think, you know, if I'm looking at the outfield and I'm ranking them, the way, like, at least in my head, I see them in terms of, like, talent, kind of, like, upside. I'm looking at uh, probably Dylan Carlson, Bader and O'Neill are pretty close, you know, right behind, you know, not close. I don't think they're that close to Carlson, but I think they're close to each other. It's like guys who sure maybe in a normal season are a little above average players. I think Lane Thomas is probably a little behind that. And at this point, like, Dexter Fowler looks just absolutely terrible in spring. He didn't look um, great, does he? And if, if we – if you rank these guys by OPS – uh, it, what they've done so far in spring, which is a, a really kind of a stupid thing to do because we're dealing with 30 plate appearances. Uh, your top five, at, at least in these five, are Carlson at 1,000 OPS, O'Neill a few points behind him, Bader 60 points behind him, Thomas 30 points behind him, and then Fowler 600 points behind Lane Thomas. And that's he's like doing a, his best, Zach. He, he's, he's hitting, <laughs> what, 080? He doesn't have an it's extra tough. Hit. He's walked a few times, but like he's walking less than than these other guys are. It's spring; the, the pitchers don't really know where the ball's going. They're working on things. He's looking yeah. absolutely terrible. But there's we all we always know it's, you take um, you take spring stats with a grain of salt. But now, Baseball Reference um, and hat tip to BGH former editor on Viva Alberto's for pointing this out. But Baseball Reference has a stat now that they rate your opponent quality by like by like what level you would expect to see those pitchers at so essentially the idea is like from you're on a one to ten scale with um like one basically three being short season a ball um eight nine and ten being double a triple a mlb uh obviously spring rosters you have a lot of minor leaguers in there um o'neill bader and carlson all have an opponent quality of about seven which is basically somewhere between high a and double a and bgh had an article you guys should you guys should follow him on twitter read his article he basically said dylan carlson hasn't proved anything that we haven't seen tyler o'neill hasn't proved anything that we haven't seen yet they're mashing pitchers who basically should be in single a or maybe double a the fact you know if you put if you put dexter fowler back you know it this is going to kind of bury the lead a little bit, but if you put Dexter Fowler back in single A, you would think that he would hit a little better than he is now. Dexter Fowler's opponent quality, um, so those guys are at seven. Lane Thomas is at 6.5. <laughs> I Fowler's can see where this is going. Yeah, Dexter there Fowler's it is. 8.4, so he's basically facing you know, a pitcher that's in the high end of the minor leagues. Um, a lot of times that's a major league pitcher. I don't know. He, maybe he's working on something. It doesn't look good, but like there's a significant gap between what he's doing uh, the pitchers he's facing and the pitchers that you know the, that Dylan Carlson, Bader, O'Neill are facing. I don't know why why that's happening. You know, maybe it's something. I don't know how the formula works. Maybe by Fowler doing bad, he's boosting his opponent quality, right? Because if they do good, then you know maybe they look better. I, I don't know how this metric works. I think it looks at last year's numbers. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's there, there's a gap there. The only guys who uh, there's actually so he leads the team. He's tied at the top of 
um, at the top of that leaderboard, and I'll, I'll give you one guess as to who he's tied with, and then I'll, I'll spoil it. Yeah, so on the Cardinals? Matt Carpenter. Yeah, okay. Well, and I think that's that's reasonable because these are veterans that they play the beginning of games, right, and by the fourth inning, they're out of there. So a lot of times you're facing Marcus Stroman or whomever, and so that might be part of why. But, yeah, you, you I, I would say about Fowler's spring, it's just been kind of – mind-boggling how many swings and misses you've seen from him on pitches yeah. in the strike zone it's not like he's even really chasing it's just he's he's not making contact on strikes which yeah. i think is a concern it's a concern obviously there's time to come around from that and like i mentioned he's going to be the opening day right fielder but i think this spring he's taken himself from a chance to be the leadoff man to he's going to be lower in the order when that season begins yeah. and you're going to watch for a few weeks and if it doesn't turn around yeah, these guys that are pushing for opportunities might end up getting more of them. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you said, I think he had, he probably had an inside track to, you know, if he played well in the spring, he's got the pedigree to, to kind of, you know, have his spot at the top of the order. But at this point, like, unless he turns something around by the end, I don't, I don't think there's any way you can, you know, justify throwing him up there when you have, I mean, the, the Cardinals offense doesn't have a ton of firepower. Like they have guys who are hitting in spring right now, but um, it, it's tough. And yeah, I mean, we have, you know, comments that Fowler shouldn't even be on the 40 man. I he's probably on the 40 man because you still owe him. I how much do we still owe him? 40 it's like 16 and a half million for two more years, it's almost like 33 million. Yeah, and people so are talking about does he get DFA'd? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see that in the immediate future right now. There's they've got time to see sold for four years, so yeah, I don't, exactly right. I don't, I don't see that coming either. Um, yeah. I think you know, we. If you want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the rotation is probably the other spot that's gotten a little interesting. Yeah, it is. Competition with, uh, for that fifth spot now that Michaelis is hurt. Uh, I don't know kind of what you, if you want to just give your observations, I don't have anything totally you know, mind boggling on this, but. Yeah, um, it's hard. Guys kind of competing for that last spot. Yeah, it's kind of tough because I, I like pretty much everybody that has has pitched as a starter so far and that's including john gant who is probably going to be in that bullpen he's he's i said on my podcast b shape daily shameless plug i said i think he's their eighth best starter yeah i said he's their eighth best starter right now you've got gomber and ponce de leon who both look really really sharp and i don't know how you find spots for either gomber or ponce de leon in that top five because you've got flaherty you've got hudson Carlos Martinez, I think, has done everything that you'd hope to see from him to get him back in the rotation. And Wainwright's not going anywhere either. I know his spring's been tough, but I view him in the in the Dexter Fowler boat of they're going to give him that chance to work things out. They're not looking at spring stats when it comes to Adam Wainwright. And Kwon Young Kim hasn't given up a run, so you told that guy when you got him from Korea, hey, we want you to be in the rotation. We're, we're going to give you a chance to compete. He hasn't given up a run. How do you tell that guy no? He, he's competed for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where I stand there. You know, it's a good problem to have. I mean, Gomber, to me, looks pretty good. Um, Ponce de Leon, you know, there's the article from Joe Schwartz that he's going at. He was at driveline over, over the winter. I think that's, you know, that's proven to be a big help. It's made a huge difference for him. He said so, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's had to prove something. But, so you know, so is, so is Kim. So is Gomber. Like, these are, these are guys that have been around. Kim's the new one, but Ponce and, and Gomber have been around a little bit. They know that that kind, that kind of leash is running out a little. Yeah, um, Gomber is finally healthy, too. Like, last year, he had that weird injury situation. He was healthy by the end of the year, but had nowhere to rehab, so he couldn't pitch. He's been yeah. itching for this chance, and he, he looks really good, too. So, it's yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation to be in if you're those guys, but they'll get their chance. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think for me, uh, you know, I think I want to see Kim get the spot. Hopefully the Michaelis injury maybe can be a blessing in disguise if he's able to come back. Um, he wasn't great last year. He turned it on a little at the end, but uh, it, it's a good problem to have when you're, you're looking at kind of your six, seven, eight guys down the rotation and you're, and they're looking like they, they can handle a major league spot. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you have any, any last things, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're, you're busy. You, you know, traveling a little bit. So oh, dude, give me a break. I was watching the bachelor before we started this. Oh, I heard, uh, I heard there was a surprise ending to that. Oh, that's what they say every season. It was crap. Bachelor watchers. The whole thing was crap. The periscope chat, but, uh, now well, hopefully we uh, could talk we could talk a little bullpen though if you want i see maybe a question or two about the bullpen i'm curious who excites you the most from that kind of young relief core like you know i know kyle talks a lot of cody whitley i like that guy a lot i think he deserves a chance at this roster honestly uh, yeah i mean cody whitley looked good i only saw him a couple of times uh, i think for me it's gonna be it, it's got to be a strength in numbers kind of thing you know i i John Brebby has been good since he's been up, but I, I wrote an article about him a little while ago that, um, you know, his slider kind of changed last year. It wasn't as good. He's a guy that gives up a ton of fly balls. Um, you know, he, it, it's just one of those things. I'm not in love with him. Um, Hicks is probably out for, I think he's probably out until at least August. So yeah, July, August, probably feel his fingers. Brett Cecil can't pitch. Um, <laughs> Ouch. It, it, I mean, I, 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 I don't mean that like in a, in, I, no, I, I'm I just giving it in the way I'm, said, said I'm giving you trouble. I get, uh, but it it's just one of those things. Like you don't have a lot of. I think you know when they built put together this bullpen, when you had like Dominic Leone, Andrew Miller, uh, Brett Cecil, you're taking guys who had been like good at one point. You're throwing a bunch of darts and you're hoping it sticks. Um, now, uh, now you're kind of doing that with young guys. I think it's better. It's a better bet with young guys. They're cheaper. They're easier to find. Okay, um, Alex Reyes. That I saw a question on him. You know if. And if we have any thoughts on Alex Reyes, he's yeah. your luck. If he can throw forty innings this year, like that's a that's a blessing. Like that guy's arm is. You have to have such a high level of talent to even have the like injury history he has and still be invited to a major league camp, right? I mean, it, it's. I he's looked good. I you've probably seen him more than me. Um, so if you want to, you know, you could kind of take it from there. But uh, it's just, I mean, anything you get from him is a bonus at this point. Yeah, I understand the cautious optimism approach with Reyes because you've seen things not work out so many years in a row that you're tempted to just kind of say, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. What I would say about his spring so far, I think we've seen progress from his first outing to what we just saw in his last outing where I think he's still a little bit too much kind of tinkering around the strike zone and needs to make more competitive pitches. Like some of his pitches aren't really competitive. He's not very close. And so hitters aren't going to chase that, but I think he's like, the stuff is still there. It's a positive that he's still healthy, right? We haven't seen him totally bail out and and have an injury in, you know, situation. So I think that's a benefit. And I, if he starts in Memphis, whatever, I think he's going to help the Cardinals at some point in 2020 i just don't know if it's going to be right away or if they'll give him that chance same with whitley and junior fernandez honestly i think they've got some young arms that mid-season you're going to see a maybe a different looking bullpen that's just the nature of the game though yeah yeah i, I think that's you know anytime you're dealing with pitchers you you worry about arm injuries uh with you know without uh andrew miller you know i think with him he's not going to be ready for opening day that's going to give an opportunity to somebody like uh cabrera probably right um he's looking good. good yeah and it sounds like you know, his role's up for, you know, kind of where they, they view him in terms of, like, bullpen roles a little bit up for grabs. Uh, he doesn't seem – it seems like he's got too good of stuff 
for me to be like a lefty specialist. But I guess we don't really have that with the three batter minimum this rule, three batter minimum rule this year. So, um, you know, have, have you seen anything from him that you've liked? Have you heard anything? Um, kind of, you know, what the expectations should be for him going into the year? Yeah, I liked him, and I I think a lot of people are are excited and ready to put him into that role. Like with Andrew Miller out, you see the opportunity there. I think in general, it'll kind of depend on where the Cardinals want to go with that starting spot because Gomber could also be a lefty you could throw into the bullpen. I prefer Gomber in the rotation, but it's going to be tough a tough sell to say, hey, man, you got to go to Memphis. We'll use you, just not right away. With Cabrera, what was disappointing was that fingernail issue kind of took him yeah. out of his stride right in the middle of spring. And so I still think he's going to be able to ramp back up and be solid. But You want to, we'll, you want to talk about being shell-shocked, I think – you know, all of Cardinals Twitter when they saw that he was getting pulled. Yeah. Uh, kind of unexpectedly from spring starts, like everybody's on edge. And that's just from, I'm sure every team has it. It seems like we see, probably think the Cardinals have it more because we watch them more. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was scary for a few minutes. And then, you know, it finally came out that he just had a fingernail kind of pop off, which I'm sure was very painful. Pretty sounds gross, gross, probably. <laughs> uh, sounds gross, but you know, it, it probably, Definitely not the worst news they could have gotten. Uh, I think how concerned should we be about Miller? I saw that question a little bit ago. I think, yeah. you know, probably pretty high because he hasn't been good. I mean, he's injured. That's one concern. But he also hasn't been good in, what, three, two, three years? Like, he, I mean, he had time. He had moments last year. But it wasn't – just hasn't been there for, like, any consistent amount of time. Um, velocity's down his basketball, velocity's down his slider. I think his release points kind of moved around a little bit. Um, and now, I mean, you know, the way the Cardinals used him last year was as a lefty specialist, and you can't, you can't do that anymore. You know, he's got to be able to get righties out. I mean, he hasn't been able to get lefties out. He hasn't been able to get righties out. I, I don't know what the role is for him when he comes back. Um, you know, they're probably, I don't know, you think they're probably going to use him as a, they'll give him his chances, right? Kind of the same vein of Dexter Fowler. Yeah, I think it is in a similar vein, and I think it's hard to look at anything he did this spring because he's got – I don't know if it's the yips. Like, it's going to be weird to see what they figure out with what he's got going on, but you're not going to see him on the opening day roster. And I think the depth in the organization as far as pitching goes is a positive here because you can take your time with Miller, get him into game situations that don't matter, right? You can put him on a rehab assignment whenever he's ready, and if he's if he's able to get outs, that's great. Bring him up when the time comes. Uh, as for the role, yeah, I'm not sure that it's going to be anything anything too high leverage at the beginning. But they'd like to have him as that guy in the seventh or eighth that could, I would say, handle a lefty. But like you said, three batter minimum. It's good. We don't really know how that's going to impact all the decisions a manager might make. So it's let's just say, good thing they've got Hennessy Cabrera. Good thing they've got some of these other guys that could potentially emerge in that similar role. Yeah, it's it's nice to finally kind of I think there was a, a couple year period where the depth was a little bit shot. Um it, it seems like they're starting to build back kind of towards you know maybe where they were in 20 in terms of like kind of arms in the system maybe where they were in 2013 14 15 where it's like you know every guy that you, that comes up is like a capable major leaguer and then you know you try to catch them on a hot streak while while they have to be in while they have to spot start or play out of the bullpen whatever it is. Um I think, you know, there's, I saw a question a little bit ago, we can kind of revisit this, but people, somebody asked, you know, a comparison between Lane Thomas and Tyler O'Neill. Um, I can take this kind of quickly. I think Lane Thomas has like been fine in the minors, but he's never really put up um, an above average 
an above average line. So I he looks good. He looked good last year. He looks capable. The team obviously likes him, but I think he's probably got kind of significant less upside than Tyler O'Neill. I don't think he's got the same power. Um, you know, maybe he gets better to where he can be kind of a two to three. You know, maybe he can be an average every you know everyday regular. Um, but yeah, I think it's tough. So yeah, Brendan, I don't know if you wanna. Uh, what would our opening day lineups be? I think that was gifts. Uh, I guess we could probably wrap wrap you up with this one. Um, okay, yeah. I'll give you I'll give you mine first. So we're gonna have Flaherty on the mound, which is obvious. Molina catching another obvious. Goldschmidt, Wong, DeYoung, third base. I think they're gonna give it to Carpenter. Opening day, right? <laughs> yeah, they're gonna give it to Carpenter. I don't know that they should. Uh, O'Neal in left, Bader in center. Oh, I don't want him to put Fowler in right, and I know you already said they're going to put Fowler in right, so I'll mix it up, and I'm going to bet on, I don't even know, who are we facing, the Reds? Do they have a righty or a lefty? I think it'll probably be Castillo, right? I don't know if that's official, Sonny Gray or Castillo, maybe. Yeah, but either way, I guess it'll probably have to be Fowler. This is going to be a really vanilla answer. We pair the same thing back. Uh, maybe you can... Well, here, I'll try to mix it up for you. I promise not to give you the exact same. I don't know. I'll tell you what I've said for weeks, and O'Neal has looked good enough that this could change. But I think Tommy Edmond gets rewarded on specifically opening day with a start in left field. That's where I'm at right now. So I guess, that, yeah, you have the lefty-righty matchup then. Yeah, and I mean, you, this, Mike Schilt loves this guy, and for a lot of reasons, right? He had a really good season last year, and so when I think in terms of opening day, it's a lot more about the, you know, the the veterans, and like, it, on paper, it matters what that looks like, I think, to the manager, and so I think Wong will bat up near the top. Um, I think Fowler will be in right, but I'll go as of right now, Edmund in the two-hole. Uh, actually, after reading the Derek Gould story about Carpenter wanting to bat second, I think that'll probably happen. So you can go Carpenter two, uh, Goldsmith three, DeYoung four, and I think DeYoung is going to actually end up being a capable cleanup hitter this year. He's looked really good this spring, guys. Like, if yeah. I'm a fantasy baseball player, I'm all about Paul DeYoung and a value based on what he did last year because I think he's going to have a bounce back uh, they, for sure. They, a, they can actually get him rest with Brad Miller. Uh, exactly right. So then I'll go Fowler batting fifth, or probably Molina batting fifth, actually. And then Fowler six, Edmund seven, or uh, if I had Edmund second. Yeah, I had Carpenter second, so I'll go Edmund seven, Bader eight. And I guess I'll go Jack Flaherty. He's okay. Yeah, he, he's not bad. Not bad. He got, do you hear he got $10,000 for finishing fourth in the Cy Young? Yeah, man, that's good. And then he gave it right back. Gave it right back. <laughs> All right, Brendan. Thanks for have. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, uh, brother. Anytime. It, it's been a good time. Not give you a little quick send off now. Uh, oh yeah, I'm the first okay. to come in. I'm the first to leave. I'll take it. Oh, I don't have to sing. I can't do it. Car, Brendan. We'll All right. Talk to you. We'll talk to you another time. See you, Zach. All right. Thanks to Brendan, big time, uh, for helping us kick this off. We'll kind of move this into kind of your normal uh periscope stuff so i'll, I'll try to pay <laughs> yeah good great taste it is great taste taylor swift this is not a ta- not told taylor swift podcast i saw at the beginning of this so i uh nick childress in uh the chat has been asking since we debuted the logo i told him there were some easter eggs in here uh you'll appreciate this there is um you can see the logo right behind my head uh there are five blue rings there are 22 stitches on the baseball and the rings uh, the rings are blue, the seams are kind of red. So uh, 
to kind of walk through that. The 22 Stitches, hopefully that's obvious. Taylor Swift has a song called 22. It's a banger. Um, we're doing this on Tuesday nights, which is his lyric in You Belong With Me. Uh, Gifts took that color blue, actually from her eyes, which might be a little weird. Um, I didn't request that one, but it, it works. It's a good color blue. It's good taste. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Red Ball, she has an album called Red. Uh, you know, that's pretty obvious. But I think, I think the big one there is the 22 Stitches. I am a giant loser. I admit it. I own this music taste. Um, you'll see it on my Twitter it is what it is. I, I can't help it. My, you know, I just, I kind of keep myself, I, I, I try to keep that like kind of, um, kind of as a, I wear it with pride basically. Um, yeah. Taylor Swift, number one fan. I might be, um, probably not. There are definitely people who are more, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was level with Stan. It's great. We're, we have a baseball podcast. That's just f- flooding with Taylor Swift references. It's great. Uh, yeah, go ahead and quote I'm a giant loser. Uh, and yeah, true story gifts in, in the chat. He took the color from rice. He also made the logo while I was on the plane and I came out and it was just like this crazy, uh, noisy logo that needed to calm down with me and Taylor Swift sunglasses, which is just insane. Uh, um, how about the Louis? I hear we don't like Louis. I don't actually know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's whatever. Um, oh, you guys have any questions about Cardinals? We'll talk about that. I have a few more things we can go through. Um, I think Kisner should be traded with the options they have behind him in the system. Uh, this is always tough. We did this with Carson Kelly. We did this dance for like, you know, a couple of years and then we finally traded him for Goldschmidt. I think that if they are, Molina, it should be on his way out by now. Like, you know, I, he's probably going to, I think I saw that he might get extended again. Uh, that's fine, but he needs to start taking less playing time. And if he's actually going to take less playing time, um, then yeah, I think you're, you know, I think if you're fine to kind of keep, you're fine to keep Kisner out. Molina's still going to get 500 and some at bats. Uh, you have a capable backup in Weeders. You have a couple prospects coming up that you know might be as good. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of depends what your plans are for Molina. I don't, I don't know what that. I don't know what that is. Uh, how many innings does Miller have to pitch this year for the third year to kick in? I actually have no idea. I think he just is. Isn't he with the extension? Doesn't he just get the four years? I guess I don't really know. Those were not cargo shorts at Top Golf. They were khaki-colored golf shorts. Um, but I, I hope that like I have better taste than cargos. But I'm not I'm not quite. I'm not having that dad energy yet. Uh, who's that person that keeps peeking behind the window? I, is there a window? Um, I mean that's empty. There's a there's a TV behind me that's like got a got a Google Chrome thing up. I don't know. Hopefully nobody's peeking in the window. My roommates are probably trying to give me some shit pretty soon, but that's fine. Um, Saw some stuff earlier. Um, let's see. Uh, Brendan, uh, who former coworker actually, uh, asked, "Does he does Fowler I think get DFA'd when he loses the spot, or does he sit on the bench? He's gonna sit on the bench. Um, they're gonna need him. Oh, Graham's speaking through my window. Graham, why don't you come in? Uh, they're gonna keep Fowler. Like they, they owe him a lot of money. They're, he's going nowhere. Um, over under was it over under thirty seven innings for Miller? Um, if you're setting the over-under, so I lost a lot. I was at a golf tournament this weekend. I lost not a lot of money, but I lost about every bet that I, I placed. Um, I, I was not EY for life, Brendan. I left. Um, I lost a lot of money. Not a lot, but every bet I made, I lost. So, uh, I'm going to take the over and everybody else should hammer the under. Just hammer it. Cause I'm probably wrong. Um, who gets on the 40 man Whitley or Carlson? So yeah, with Jairo Munoz, uh, in that wild story, um, I'd probably Carlson. I, I don't know. Whitley. I don't know. 
Uh, I would take Carlson over Whitley on the 40 man. I think he's, you know, he's more MLB rating, MLB ready. Spring training power ranks so far. Um, what are the, what are we power ranking? I guess that depends. Um, I mean, Carlson's been a great story. Honestly, Yairo Munoz and Bowen's story just takes off. That's great. Um, I love it. It's not a thing that a guy stupid. I love that. Like, you know, he, he didn't want to be there. Like, that's fine. If you don't want to be there, then it's weird to not tell anybody. Um, but it is, it's funny. Like I, when, when I saw the story, it was just like, what in the, you know, what in the world's going on? It kind of, you know, it adds a little bit of flavor. I, I get bored with spring training about, I don't know, seven days into it. So like to get, it's something to bring my attention back in the middle of March. When you watch a couple more games, I'll take that any day of the week. So, um, congrats to Iro. I hope he's having a good time down in the Dominican. I hope he stays safe and healthy, given all the stuff that's been going on in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for him. Hopefully, hopefully he gets that hammy healed, and then maybe somebody takes a chance on him. But he needs another year in AAA, and it doesn't sound like he wants to take that year in AAA. So I got nothing. Um, somebody, you know, if, if he comes back, it's got to be in AAA. Uh, let's see. 2022 rotation? That's a question for Kyle. I don't even know, like, I mean, Flaherty, can I assume that everybody's arm stays healthy? Because, like, that's, like, wrong. Flaherty, Michaelis, Hudson, this is going to be really vanilla because they're all still on the team. Um, Ponce, maybe. And then, who am I missing? I don't know who the fifth will be. That could be some prospect. I don't know. I don't think Gomber lasts that long. I like him. Injury history kind of scares me. I think the kind of the power curve that he throws is going away. Um, I don't think Henesis. So this is, I, I again, I don't know anything about prospects. You should watch pad for prospects. I would not think that Henesis, that Henesis Cabrera ends up starter. Um, I would say the same for Ryan Helsley. I would say the same for Alex Reyes. Um, probably most of these guys and that's not necessarily a bad thing like get Libertor I he's not gonna be ready by 2022 not not opening day maybe maybe during the season not 2020 he's not gonna be opening day rotation 2022 um but I I think like one thing that has kind of like bothered me probably about the way the Cardinals handle the system is it seems like they keep these they and Kurt, this is also a good thing. They keep these guys as like on track to be a starter for as long as they can. Um, but at a certain point, like when you're just when you have a guy that should be in AAA and AA, and you have guys in AAA who should be in the majors, like you need to put them somewhere where you get something out of them uh, at the major league level. And they do really. I think the Cardinals do a fantastic job of developing their pitchers. I think they do a very bad job of maximizing their use while their arms are still on their shoulders. Uh, what are you drinking this evening? I'm drinking water. Um, this is not quite a pad. We will maybe someday venture into twisted teas, um, would be my drink of choice for this, but right now it's water. I probably actually got to go back to work after this. Definitely have to go back to work after this, but that's fine. We're here. We're doing baseball. Um, I think, you know, one of the stories uh, that we talked a little bit about with Brendan, now that I see uh, STL Cup of Joe is in the chat, and he should love this. Put my bill down. My bill is where it should be. Um, Ponce Leon is an interesting name for the fifth guy in the rotation. I think pre-Michaelis injury, he was on the outside looking in. I think afterwards, 
Uh, you know, him and Kim probably have the two inside tracks to that spot. Ponce is interesting because he, I mean, he's really, he's got a few pitches. He added a cutter. You could read uh, Joe, Joe Schwartz's article, SCL Cup with Joe. He wrote it for C70's website, Cards Conicled. Um, he is amazing. Uh, and I think, so what Ponce went to drive line over, over the winter and, and worked on developing a cutter to kind of get something to play off his fastball. Um, he has a, I think the movement profile is forcing him and his curveball is more interesting to me than the fact that they, he gets really good spin efficiency on both. So if you think uh, not to be, you know, when you think about a baseball, uh, when you throw a fastball, you have backspin. Uh, if you throw a, bat, a fastball with like a hundred percent spin efficiency, it's going to be like at 180 degrees spinning like in the direction that the ball's traveling. Uh, a lot of guys, when they you know when they throw their fastballs, you're kind of here, you're kind of coming on the side, so you get a little bit kind of going this way, you get a little bit kind of just spinning off into the distance, and then you get your normal backspin that kind of helps the ball rise. Um, I think for Ponce, he's one of the, he's got ninety, uh, what is it? It's like ninety some percent spin efficiency. It's like top thirty in the majors among like guys who throw anything. So we're talking like seven hundred players. He's top thirty in fastball spin efficiency, and then like similarly, he's top. Um, hundred, I guess, and curveball spin efficiency, and so for his curveball, that's a lot more like of a. It's probably not top. It, there is top spin on it, I guess, but you're trying to kind of you're getting spin that's moving the ball kind of twelve to six. Um, and I think that's you know he's unique in that he has you know two pitches that play really well off each other. He's one of the few guys in the Cardinal system that uses the high fastball. Um, he doesn't have great velocity, and he still gets away with throwing it, throwing it at the top of the zone. Um, spin efficiency is on Savant, so I have it up right now. Um, it's in their leaderboards. It's called Active Spin. Um, it's you know it, it's useful. It, it's great. It doesn't show that for individual pitches, but um, yeah, I mean, he it, it baseball Savant's a great website. I like live on that site. I, I I probably too much, which is fine. Uh, he throws more high curves than almost anyone too. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I think you know you pointed out a while back ago that kind of the high curve is a, is a, is a Mike Maddox special. I think, you know, when you're trying to get in this, especially in this environment where you have hitters that are trying to, you know, put a little bit of loft on their swing, um, you need to be able to get fastballs by guys, you know, at the letters or, you know, at the belt, wherever it is, you need to get them to swing under it. And, uh, you know, having a curveball that's a threat at the top of the zone is, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily, at least the way I look at it, um, you don't need to always like start them on the same plane, but like the, if you throw a fastball high, there needs to be a threat that it might be a curveball that breaks lower. And if you throw a curveball high, there needs to be a threat that it's a fastball that's going to be out of the zone or, you know, pitchers can, or hitters can see where it's coming out of your hand and get a clue as to where it's going. I think Adam Wainwright was a guy. Um, I wrote about this. This was one of like the one article I wrote last year. Um, Adam Wainwright always used to just throw his curveball to where it would end up down the middle, and he had good enough stuff that he could just kind of do whatever he wanted with it, and it didn't have to play off of anything. As he's gotten older and gotten worse, hitters start catching up. You know, the whiff rate on his curveball is down. Obviously, the fastball is going to be down. So this last year, and one of the things that I think really saved him was he started playing his pitches off each other where, you know, he throws a curveball. He, he threw a lot more pitches that started on the same plane where, you know, like a fastball is going to start here and then kind of tail this way coming out of his arm in on a right-handed hitter curveball is going to start his curveball would then he you know he moved it around to where it would start more often on the same plane 
has his fastball and then break to the other side of the plate. So now you have a, out of his hand, you don't have as much of a clue as to where the ball's going and it's going to do something like this. And when, when you get that, you get a lot more, um, you, you're just tougher to hit. And I think that's, you see, you talk about guys who their repertoire, you know, together plays out more than a pitch. Uh, I think Kyle Hendricks is a great example of that. I think um, Michaelis is probably an example of that. Um, Gomber, I think, is an example of that. And that's what they do is they have ways of making their pitches tougher to figure out what they are when you when you take them in the context of each other. Um, and I think that's something that, as you that, that I think in a lot of ways that's kind of what people mean when they learn when they say you like need to learn how to pitch. Like Jordan Hicks doesn't need to learn how to pitch because he throws 102 miles an hour. Who cares? Um, he act, he still does. Like he still doesn't strike guys out, but separate point. Um, but yeah, I mean you, you need you need to figure that out. Uh, Taylor Swift is in a pub. <laughs> Who's in the pub? I hope that's Taylor Swift. Probably not. But uh, do you think Taylor Swift likes baseball? Uh, probably not. I don't know. She, where, I don't know where she was from actually. So now my fandom's starting to crumble. I don't know where she was from originally. Or if she's from Tennessee, I would say yes, but I don't think she is. Um, yeah. So um, I think you know I haven't seen enough of Kim honestly in the spring to really know you know, what I would expect from him. I think, you know, what we saw when he was coming over was that he probably had like two pitches and he had to get me over curveball that people are going to hit. So far they haven't. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Okay, she's from Pennsylvania. Thank you. Um, I watched the documentary, so I should have known that. Um, I, I followed up the Super Bowl by watching the uh, her new documentary um, right after. So what a it was a weird, weird night. But, yeah, um, yeah, I did not know she was from Pennsylvania. I probably should have. Like I said, fandom is crumbling. You can build all the bricks of out of the. You can build a castle out of the bricks that are falling out of my fandom. Uh, so yeah, I don't know any any other questions you guys got. I could talk a little bit longer. I'll probably got to wrap this up pretty soon. Uh, I'll take one or two more questions and then uh, I'll probably call the night from there if there's anything. Um, didn't watch. I I think game today was on. I didn't even see the score. I saw they scored two in the top of the first, and I was kind of like. All you really care to see when um, you can't watch it when you don't get the audio. I'm not a big audio and spring training guy. Uh, so far, they look good. We'll see how it goes. Um, once Carlson's up, we stay in one outfield spot or bounce around. Uh, oh, they lost three two. So I saw the I saw the scoring. That was all I wanted to see. I was right. Um, he probably goes to right field, um, and he probably stays there. It, I think Kyle would say he can like probably handle. I don't know if Kyle's still in here, but he could probably handle center. And definitely can't handle left, but I don't think there's really any reason to move him around in his first first taste. Sierra FIP, I use FIP. Sierra's probably better. XFIP is a little better. And Baseball Prospectus has a DRA, deserved run average, which is probably the best. Um, I use FIP because it's easier. Uh, it's Hopefully people are used to it. It's a little, to me, it's a little less scary, but you gotta take it all with a grain of salt. If I could gift one above average pitch to any of our pitchers, what would it be? Um, I'd give Adam. It's mm, a good question. I would give Adam Wainwright a really good fastball so that he could hang on for a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I saw, I you know, with the fifth question, like I I try to like do things so that you know there's always like some marginal benefit to using something that's slightly better. But it's also there's some benefits like keeping things from getting really scary. Um, we talk about where I'm saying who are we gonna add, or maybe you're talking about Carlson. I don't know. 
Kyle, I'm not really sure where we're at in this, but um, how long is Bader's leash before he gets set? He shouldn't get set. He sucked at the plate last year. He sucked last year at the plate, and he was still like on a two and a half war pace if he would have played full season. Like two and a half wars, what Ozuna did, and people wanted Ozuna to come back. He does it totally differently. He does it by catching the ball and like making the outfielders around him better and making stupid, crazy plays and holding runners because his arms, he's got a cannon. Um, he he couldn't hit. He I wrote an article about this. He was um, he watched so many balls just down the middle. Um, I think you know he probably went into the year trying to get better at kind of read deciphering. You know, when pictures of a curveball, how to lay off and all that. He didn't get better at any of that. He was the same hitter on every single pitch, basically, in location, except for fastballs down the pipe. Like, just that, there's not a pitch in baseball that you can want to hit more as a hitter than a fastball down the pipe. And he just stops doing it. He needs to fix that. And he hasn't so far in spring, but whatever. Cecil gets DFA, the young bullpen dominates. I, yeah, I think Cecil's at a point in his contract where you know you can cut bait pretty easily. Cardinals of the league and taking middle middle. They were close. Uh, I actually, they were close. It was not a Jeff Albert special. It is a just thing they have with their hitters, I guess. Um, they were almost at the, they almost led the league in taking fastball down the pipe in 2018. They were top six, top six again in 2019. Um, Matt Carpenter was a guy that like, I thought probably took a ton down the middle last year. He took less than he did in 2018 and 2017, so I don't really know. Like, It's not like definitely good for everybody, I guess, but yeah, Carpenter's one of those guys. Like, He hits the pitches that he's hunting. He's just gotten worse at it. Uh, hopefully, this, this strength he had over the offseason helps that. Well, the Cardinals finally went on days after an off day. I don't – was that a thing last year? They won 90-some games. They had to win sometimes after an off day. It felt like they always lose the getaway game, the getaway game though. Uh, that Fader article is the best article written about the Cardinals since the end of last season. Uh, maybe. I like um, I like the Fredby article a lot. Uh, that was about spin efficiency. We could talk about that another time. Um, we have to get probably a little more time to get through that. But, yeah, I like that one. I like the Ozuna one. I like most of what I wrote. Uh, some of it's crap, but whatever. Thoughts on Schrock. Uh, again, not a big prospect guy. All I know about Schrock is what I see on his Fancrafts page, basically, and the little bit I've seen from him in um, – you know, when he when he's played in spring and when I watched a little bit of Memphis, uh, he has what, no power. Um, I don't know. Maybe back of infielder? That'd be my guess. And Muno Sosa's looked great, though. Um, and I think he was uh, going to be – I think he was probably going to, you know, was almost on his way out. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of taken over the spot that maybe Max Schrock maybe could have taken. That There's not really a backup option for second base. Uh, is there metrics for pitch? Like, yeah, they're on baseball prospectus. They're kind of hard to find. Um, I'm not in love with baseball prospectus website, but they are there. Um, it's like in their advanced pitching stats. I think now maybe there's a paywall, so you might not be able like, let's use subscribe to baseball prospectus. You might not be able to get them. Um, I kind of go in and out on that stuff. I think right now I'm not subscribed, but whenever I need it, I'll like pay for a month and deal with it. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. If you can get in there, um, there's also uh, Baseball Savant, and yeah, Baseball Savant does a really cool thing with, uh, they have like a 3D pitch visualization that you can kind of move around and see how things play off each other. So how many starts for Beaters this year? Uh, how many starts for Yachty is the other side of that question. Probably, I'm going to say under 
25 because I think Kisner will start taking starts uh, sometime in the season. Uh, with the 26 man, I think you can afford to carry three catchers. I think they know they need to play him. I think Molina probably won't be producing. Maybe he'll realize he needs a little more rest when he sees that he's not producing. Um, hopefully when he's not producing, he's not being fit. Hopefully he does produce. We'll see. I am not hopeful. Um, but, you know, he's obviously he does so much for the pitching staff. Uh, he's gotten worse at a few things. He's not as good of a framer as he used to be. Um, his arm's probably a little worse than it used to be. But, um, you know, he's still he's going to be there. They're going to play him. We'll see. Uh, am I the only one that hates Colton Wong? Yes, and you should stand alone in that. I used to not like Colton Wong, and then I came to light, realized he was good. Um, good players should on your team. You should like them. Uh, he I, he won the Gold Glove last year probably because he actually had a good offensive season. I don't think the offense was like a real improvement. There's a lot of stuff. He did, didn't like improve his strikeout rate. He didn't improve his walk rate. He didn't really improve any of his plate discipline metrics. He didn't hit the ball harder. He just, like, hit more bloops, and that's not going to carry over. Um, but, like, Colton Wong at, like, 10% below average hitter, which is a big step down from where he was last year, is a good player. Um, and as long as he can hold his own against lefties, he should be playing every day. And, you know, I think getting out of Matheny's shadows really helped him. Uh, Dakota Hudson, the wasteland. Yeah, Kyle, uh, that was a good one, too. Um, there's some stuff you just find. Like, Hudson, it was just, you know, just kind of, like, random stuff that he just throws the ball and it goes – three feet away from the plate. You know, I think anecdotally I'd seen that. I feel like somebody maybe mentioned it, maybe on Twitter, maybe in an article. Um, but yeah, he, uh, for a guy that like, the walks are an issue for him, but I feel like almost more so than the walks is just like he's walking guys because he like legitimately doesn't know where the ball's going. Like Luke Weaver walked guys because he was like afraid to throw a strike for a while. Um, he just didn't believe in his stuff. And I feel like Hudson, I don't know if it's because he believes in his stuff or because he just doesn't know where the ball's going, but he throws a lot of balls down the middle, and then he throws a lot of balls that just, like, would end up, like, way off the screen, um, you know, two, three feet off the plate. Like, it's just, like, non-competitive pitches. Um, and, you you know, there's a difference between a pitch that's designed to get somebody to chase that maybe it was a strike that maybe somebody swings at. And even, like, there's good waste pitches, too. Um but he, I mean, he would throw him when he was behind in the county, throw him when he was ahead in the county. It, it didn't matter. Um, it was bad. He needs to figure that out. It sounds like they've tried to make some mechanical adjustments to make him a little more consistent with his delivery. Um, hopefully that bears some fruit because, I mean, his sinker's legit. Like, I, I think there's a lot of issues with Hudson. He had the worst FIP, sorry, worst FIP in the league last year. So FIP is like a, what your ERA would be if basically you got average luck on – on batted balls in play. Um, he was one of the luckiest guys. Part of this is the Cardinals had a really good defense last year. Um, but part of that's just luck, and he's going to regress, and he needs to learn how to strike guys out, and he needs to learn how to not walk guys. Who is the Cardinals in saves this year? Um, don't really care about saves. I don't even know who we're going to throw in the back of the bullpen. That's still up in the air, right? Um, probably, I think they'll try. Is Gallego still... I mean, he's still here, but is his arm still attached? Uh, I would try Gallegos as the closer if you needed a closer in name. Um, who I think ends up leading the Cardinals in saves. Probably Gallegos because he'll get like 25 before his arm flows off. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, thoughts? Uh, yeah, so I talked about this a little at the beginning. Uh, there are, so he has the second worst, he is the second worst in the majors the last two years at just hitting the ball. So six, four out of ten balls he swings at, he misses. 
one out of every five pitch, pitches that he's thrown, he swings and misses. Um, those are two slightly different stats. They're both terrible. Uh, it's not necessarily like a death sentence. Like Joey Gallo doesn't hit the ball much either. Um, but, you know, he whiffed a lot in the minors. Maybe he's got it. There's some evidence, I guess, that maybe he got a little better as he played more in the minors, but he should be. He probably wasn't getting as much as much better as he should have been getting, if that makes sense. Um, I've seen, you know, we I talk about this with Kyle all the time. He was better when he got consistent playing time. He was better before he got hurt. Um, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't know. I don't really buy into, like, oh, if you play him 30 days in a row or 25 days out of 30, he's definitely going to be better because I think a lot of it is just he was good enough to pulverize minor league pitching when he hit the ball, and I don't know that he does. he's good enough to do that in the majors. He does it sometimes, but I don't know that he does it consistently. Um, and, you know, this is going to be a proven year for him. He's got, I think, you know, me and Brandon were talking, we both think he's probably going to get a lot of starts out in the left field. Um, he's done well so far in spring, but he's been facing guys that are, like, really low-quality pitchers. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I don't love it. I think he's a good option. He's a good upside option. Would I, you know, do I think he's going to hold the job for the whole year? Absolutely not. Uh, I think, you know, he'll have he'll have a run in him, but I, I don't think he's – I don't, I, I don't love it. You'll have to have that O'Neal combo with me in my DMs. Uh, yeah, Ben, we can talk about it. I talk about Kyle enough. I'm fully ready to say I don't love Tyler O'Neal. He's great. Like He is, a, I'm sure, a great person. Um, he maybe is a great baseball player. I hope I'm wrong, but um, there's definitely there's definitely issues. Um, yeah, and I, the reason for optimism is like, I mean, Oh, we'll see. Uh, I'm interested to see him say. We'll find. Yeah, the up and down. And the thing is, like, if he's your eighth place hitter or seventh place hitter, like, he can be up and down, and it doesn't do that much. It doesn't hurt you that much if he's playing good defense. I just don't know. Like, Cardinals have a lot of guys that have upside at this point. Like, Lane Thomas might be good. I I think O'Neill's probably got higher upside than Thomas, but I mean, he's knocking on the door. You have Carlson, who. You know, looks like one of the best prospects in baseball. Uh, definitely looks major league ready. Um, Bader is by far the best center fielder, so you're not going to take his spot. Um, unless he, like, really can't hit, but he kind of already did that. Edmonds competing for playing time in the outfield. Um, I don't know. They, I, I, think it, I think it's iffy. Um, I don't love it. I don't love – there's not a lot of precedent for guys that even whiffed like him in the minors making it to the majors, so there's not a lot of precedent for those guys succeeding – uh, but if you want to, like, I think this is, I don't know. I, I, obviously, El Garcia comes to mind, but that's probably a terrible comp. Uh, but, like, he comes to mind as a guy that hits the crap out of the ball when he hits it, but doesn't hit it often enough to, like, be that good of a player. And he had an all-star year, right? Like, that that's not to say, like, Tyler O'Neill can't put together, like, one or two all-star seasons if you play him all the time for seven straight. Like, he might, because when he does hit the ball, he's going to go on these crazy hot streaks. Um but you're, you're kind of flipping a coin, I feel like, with him. And I I think the Cardinals and the spot they're in right now probably need to flip that coin. But in, I don't know, midway through this year, that might not be a coin worth flipping anymore. Definitely, I don't think it would be next year. You see what you got this year, and then you kind of go from there. So, um, all right. I think, you know, I've over overstayed my welcome. Um, I need to – so I'm going to drop off. I appreciate all you guys staying in here, dealing with me, listening to – uh, you know, listening to this. I enjoy this. We're going to try to do this. Um, we're going to try weekly. It probably, 
I'll be honest, I probably won't do it weekly, but we're going to aim for weekly. Um, we're going to do it when there's enough stuff to talk about and there's things interesting going on and I have time. I we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you guys, you know, I'm glad you guys are here. We had, I think, you know, this was fun. Um, glad that gifts he's been put Cardinals gifts, who is a great follow on Twitter. Um, he's been pushing me to kind of to do this for a little while. Graham has been pushing me. I think he's telling me to periscope. He didn't know it, but he's been talking about it. Uh, he's added me a couple times. So I mean, periscope and that whole time there's been like this kind of background noise going on. So, uh, appreciate the pushes from Graham. Um, thanks Kyle. Uh, hopefully I didn't, uh, didn't disappoint your pad audience that visited too much. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Appreciate it guys. I'll talk to you. I'll see you guys hopefully next week. Stay healthy. And I hope that your finances are okay too. Um, all right. Talk to you guys later.